Hey everybody, Matt here and welcome to Looking Back at Lost, where most weeks I look at another episode of ABC's Lost to see how that episode fits into the series as a whole, but today I'm previewing season six, and of course nobody does it alone, so joining me is uh, podcast favorite Pete. Pete, of course, a star of the PH Geek family of podcasts, so hello Pete. Hey Matt, how are you doing? Fantastic, great to be talking to you. How are, uh, how are things all the way over by you? They are well. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I know that we spoke for the for the hundredth episode of the series. Um, having you here to talk about season six, I think it, uh, it it would only be fitting to first hear your thoughts about season five. Uh, we would have had you do that back in uh, late October, early November, but a little something called Sandy made that difficult. And uh, as you may recall, our area was without power and basic humanity for for a week or or more depending on you know your personal situation so um since we're now you know hopefully for for most of us that's in our rearview mirror and uh, did you have any thoughts about season five well having lived through our own incident of sorts oh, um i'm gonna begin with a downer i happen to fi- find of all six seasons season five as a whole to be the weakest that's not to say that, and again, you know, the weakest of a wonderful show is, you know, only so bad. Um, but uh, there's some bright spots, but, uh, you know, I, I find that um, there, there's quite a bit of uh, stuff that goes unfulfilled um, in, uh, in my mind. Um, you know, en- enjoy the, um, the finale, the incident um, quite a bit. Um, you know, some of the time travel stuff, okay, but I think they kind of bit off a little bit more than they could chew. Um, there was a lot going on um, for the producers at the time. You know, we're talking about 2009, Bad Robot is, uh, you know, promoting and finishing um, the first of the rebooted uh, Star Trek films at the time. Um, which uh, Damon Lindelof was heavily involved in. So I think they kind of split their energies in a way that I feel is completely noticeable in the end product. Um, But again, you know, I will take lousy lost over, you know, great um, seasons of other shows any day of the week. Wow. Certainly a bit of a, uh, a bit of a, a harsh take there. Um, I would agree it's not the most perfect of seasons. Um, you know, as I've discussed on previous episodes, there some little things that jump out at me are uh, the, the casting of young Richard and young Eloise. I mean, I don't know what you're going to do because the actors are, you know, on the older end. So I'm not saying, you know, really stretch their faces back and put them in funny wigs and try and get by. But right. that kind of sticks out as a bit of a, a bit of a, I don't know, a, a rough patch. Um, also, I think the the decline, the sudden decline, or, or maybe decline is the wrong word, the sudden suspicions that uh, Juliet has about uh, Sawyer's fidelity once Kate has returned, it kind of seems out of the blue. I mean, it's Seem not... a little abrupt, I agree. Yeah. And I mean, on the one hand, you can kind of, you know, nobody wants your significant other's sort of ex. I mean, not that they were in kind of, real terms but you know in dramatic terms that was the case you kind of don't don't want that x to show up the flip side is they've had they've sawyer and juliet have three years under their belt you're telling me you can't weather you know weather kate for a little while but 
Uh, I guess that's you know that you mentioned that three three year gap, and you know really all we get out of it is okay. Uh, Sawyer and Juliet, you know, uh, become a couple, and Jin learns to speak English. <laughs> that's really what happens in three years. Um, you know, I, I just feel like logically that's a very big hole in the overall season when you think of how much time we've spent with these people. And again, you're not going to get three years worth of stories, but it just feels like, hey, we had three years and now it's been three years. And, you know, I I just think it's things like that that really kind of draw attention. Um, I would refer to it as a narrative eyesore. Wow. The, The skipping of the three years or the season as a whole? No, no, no. That things like that. Again, okay. you know, you know, stacking my seasons, you know, I would I would call this the weakest as I said. Um, but, you know, I, I just think there are things that really draw attention to themselves to earmark this as in my opinion the weakest. Now, just out of curiosity, you know, as we Mix uh, mix shows here for a moment. Mm-hmm. Did you feel similarly in? And if you haven't seen Battlestar Galactica, why don't you fast forward about thirty seconds here? Uh, <laughs> in Battlestar Galactica, where they land on on New Caprica, I believe it is, and it's they then immediately cut forward. I, I don't remember. I don't think it's quite season. Three years. You're talking end of season two. Um, that happened one year later. Yeah, Baltar puts his head down and picks mm-hmm. it up, and it's a year later, and it's a completely different show. Your thoughts on that? I thought that worked. I thought we got so much uh, filling in the blanks of Mm. what happened that it was believable. And, you know, around that time, there were a number of shows that did that. And that became very much in vogue. But I just felt like, you know, for all of, you know, and again, one of the other narrative eyesores that I refer to for all of the mythology of Dharma, I feel like even then we still only scratched but that surface of it. And it's not like I'm even really yammering for a lot more clarification on what happened. I mean, would it have been nice to figure out the DeGroots and Alvar Hanso and all that stuff that was teased so early on that never ever pays off? Yeah, it would have. Um, it doesn't detract, but it attracts um, attention from a thread standpoint. I agree it would have been cool if they could have worked in the DeGroots and Oliver Hanzo. I think, if nothing else, their absence just highlights the fact that f- for all the wonderful um, uh putting off of, of answers that season two is, where it's just incredibly slow and in this kind of wonderfully you know come on next episode get here get here sort of way um so much about the dharma the dharma slash hatch slash you know uh de Groot, uh you know uh orientation film all that stuff from season two is kind of just the show now needing to come up with a a, a way to delay things from the first episode to the right. last episode you know you, you easily could have had desmond be like Hey, come on down. What are you doing here? I thought that there was a plan. You know, I thought that I ruined the world on September 24th. And Jack would have been like, September September 24th, that's when our plane crashed. Oh, uh, Matt, it was September 22nd. Um, uh, you know, and that's my birthday. So, uh, yeah. 
Well, I do apologize. <laughs> that, that, that was just a test for everybody at home, as well as you, Pete. Gotcha. Um, but, I mean, bottom line being, I think that they didn't bring those people on the uh, on the, the Dharma fringe, <laughs> no pun intended, bad robot fans, uh, didn't bring them back because ultimately they were just... They were just tails for the dog to chase and go around in a circle. The dog being us in this, it was something to to have us freak out about for the entire season um, while they were telling their story. Well, funny that you bring Fringe up and uh, that you're not somebody who's seen a lot of that show. Again, 2009, they're in their first season. They're finishing their first season. And, you know, same production company and Bad Robot, and they were flawless. So, you know, again, you're five years into a six-year show. They had set the end date the year before. You know, they, they were able to stop, you know, treading water, narratively speaking, and, you know, move with a clear progression. I just think there's quite a few missteps. And plus, time travel stories are A, not told on TV very often at all, and B, hard to tell to begin with, particularly since we had known so much before their time traveling, mm. which really kind of limited their flexibility. So, you know, not that they painted themselves into corners in time there, but, you know, I, I don't envy that task at all. Um, but the whole... Okay, Ben is a kid, and Saeed, and who remembers what, and mythical, you know, well, he's going to go to the temple, and he's not going to remember, and blah, 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 and, you know, that, you know, again, they're they're really kind of threads that, you know, if we want to unravel the show, we very easily could from this weak point. There certainly is a uh, a point in season five where... You might not be aware of it, uh, certainly on initial watch, perhaps even on the rewatch, but there's a certain point where it just becomes almost an excuse to set things up for the way season six starts. Uh, you know, it, kind of the notion of if we do this thing, then the plane will land and all of this will never have happened. And we're sitting at home going, no, St. Elsewhere made that mistake back in the 80s. You can't erase five seasons of the show, blah, 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 blah. And then with season six, it appears that that's the case, at least right. pre-credit and post-credit, you know, uh, or uh, yeah, post-title post, post uh, card. All of a sudden you're saying, what in the world is going on? And, and uh, I guess that could serve as a natural segue to season six uh, in a moment. But I'll just complete the thought by saying so much of, the end of season five, the business with the bomb and getting to the Swan construction site and so on and so forth. It's just an excuse to get to that point where you can then have on Island story, uh, more or less present day. I mean, it's 2007, but you know, the, the, the present day Island story concurrent with the flash sideways. So your thought, Pete, I agree. And, and the, the temple stuff being, you know, maybe the strangest, <laughs> uh, of season six. Yeah. Well, Speaking of strange, before we jump right into season six, mm -hmm. uh, and I guess me calling it strange, that was just an attempt to segue. A better segue would be, Pete, <laughs> you opened your remarks by saying that you uh, want to start on a downer, which was uh, interesting because we have a bit of feedback that, that has had, I've been saving for the next time that you were on, and for some reason I didn't do it <laughs> the last time you were on, 
Um, but it, it goes all the way back to when you and I did the Missing Pieces uh, podcast you know, okay. about those lost missing pieces. And um, it's, it was a comment on the webpage uh, left by LostFan815K, which I believe is also the Twitter handle of that listener. Okay. And uh, he or she had some, had some pretty, uh, pretty direct uh, commentary, which, uh, well, maybe you would like to respond to. It's directed towards both of us, but I figured you'd get first crack at responding. Here's what, uh, here's sure. what he or she said. Wow, did you guys like any of these missing pieces? Kind of a downer podcast. All you did was criticize them. Lighten up and don't take them so seriously. They're just fun little clips. By the way, thanks for ruining the word cute for me. I don't think I, I ever want to hear that word again. Winky big grin face. You know, semicolon dash D. So, Pete, um, did you like any of the missing pieces? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, did I, you? <laughs> I, I did, as I recall. And this, I think this takes us back to the summer. But as I recall, we did... Um, I mean, overall, the missing pieces are not great. But if you're going to uh, include them in the canon of the show, which was the show's intention, if you're going to have professional uh, uh, directors and writers and producers make them happen and call them canonical, then I think they get the same. They get held up to the same light that uh, that uh, Walkabout does, and that that Across the Sea does, and that even, you know, Nikki and Paolo episodes do. It's all the same light, which is how, where does it fit on the spectrum here? Yeah, I, I don't think um, we were harsh on them. Um, I think we looked at them fairly, which is to say critically. I do think um, if I can not be too cute for a moment, winky emoticon, um, you know, there is <laughs> greatly this misunderstanding in fandom between evaluation and, you know, hating on something. And um, you can find faults with something and still like it. Um, we like it in spite of its flaws and its faults. You know, um, the idea as I understand it with any art is, you know, to see the beauty in some things and find the cracks in others. And, you know, all right. So we didn't have glowing reviews of things that appeared on the web only, but doesn't that kind of indicate, you know, isn't that a self-fulfilling prophecy that you really kind of buried them? I mean, as I pointed out, you know, not to rehash that, but as I pointed out, they're buried on the DVD, I would argue, for a reason. Yeah, and, uh, well, I will just correct you, Pete. They weren't web-only. They were also available exclusively on Verizon cell phones over the 3G network. So web-only. <laughs> well, I think, yes, ultimately I would agree. It's just certainly not the post-smartphone Kind of definition of web only on your phone. Did uh, Lost Shill eight fifteen uh, have that service? Uh, and maybe through paying for that service, um, a lot of times there's ownership when we put out, uh, we lay out the money for it, and um, we feel obligated to like it, like a bobblehead. But um, yeah, I, I'm kind of baffled as to. Uh, maybe why we have to like them that you know what i think that you relating the missing pieces to a bobblehead 
appropriately places their their importance in the canon because can bobbleheads be appreciated sure can they be valuable absolutely can they be treasured no question are you ever going to see a bobblehead in the louvre no but you can still like them for what they are and you can still say you know just like picasso did some stuff where he'd like towards the end of his life draw with some crayons and sign a picasso and be like there give me 500 dollars so i can pay my rent it's still Picasso. We love it. It's part of the discussion. Does it need to hang there next to uh, fields of wheat? Not so much. I like the bobblehead metaphor, too, in that, you know, you tap a bobblehead and what does it do? It's neither yes nor no. It just does. So. Well, speaking of great segues, speaking of neither yes nor no, let's get into season six where do they stop the explosion uh, or, or, uh, of, of the hatch? The, do they prevent the hatch? Do they land in LAX or don't they? You, you watch the first five minutes of season six. The answer is yes. And you're horrified that they're erasing the first five seasons of the show. Then they go to commercial and they come back. And the answer is no. And you're once again, lost has done it to you. You are completely confused. So with that, Pete, what were your thoughts as uh, as season six, uh, as you were headed towards it, getting underway with it, watching it, etc.? Well, Matt, you know, through our association, how I roll in terms of spoilers and all that, um, you know, so I consume just about everything I can and show very little uh, regard for not knowing ahead of time what I can know. In certain things. And when it came to Lost, I was full on. I want to know everything there is to know, including, you know, to the point of there, there was a fair disinformation campaign that followed uh, the Lost Circle when they were airing. Um, not as good as, you know, you mentioned before Battlestar Galactica, you know, um, the end of the second season episode, as you just mentioned, you know, the. very very detailed synopsis that came out maybe two or three days before the end of the second season was a complete red herring complete which Mm. later surfaced in the third season like okay they backed off it on the 11th hour and now it's going to happen in the third season a variation of what we thought before um so I looked at everything I could. I read everything I could in terms of what was going to happen. Um, you know, like I said, I had all the um, the shows, the seasons on DVD. And um, I really got the sense just from the simple symbolism of the way season five ends with the reverse title card where it goes white uh, background and black letters that you know, they were heading into for lack of, um, you know, a better term, a bizarro world or an opposite world for season six. Um, so I really expected that. And off the bat, I wasn't surprised by that. And, you know, they did so much prepping the producers for the narrative. They did so much prepping of the audience for the flash sideways that, you know, it, it it took away any surprise for, I think, a lot of the audience. Um, I do think the season starts uh, great. Um, you know, 
I think there's a little sag in the middle. Um, certainly doesn't take away, but uh, you know the the wonderful emotional finish that we get that I feel is really operatic in scope, helped in tremendous part by um, the music of uh, Michael Giacchino. If I'm saying it properly after many corrections you absolutely are okay um i did not see the end coming um i think we might talk a little bit about how people were confused based on the footage and i think the footage that they roll out over the credits is a mistake um and has reinforced over time uh people's ignorance (laughs) um i thought the show would end you know, if if I was laying money heading into the finale, I thought the show was going to end with really both universes coming together and they would have memories of all their experiences mm. is where I thought they were going to go with that. But um, I like season six this is my favorite season. Uh, I don't know if I still to this point have a favorite season. It's up there. It's up there. And I think the finale is on par um, with uh, – you know, the, the better finales of, of all time. Well, you know, with every, with any dramatic conceit, there's always going to be kind of the, the promise or the proposal and then the payoff. So, you know, whatever, whatever in the world might be the movie independence day, why is the first half better than the second half? Because in the first half, it's the proposal of, Everything that you know is being destroyed, and you sit there slack jawed for an hour and go, "Oh my goodness, it's the white and the White House. It's it's whatever in Los Angeles that they blew up. It's all this other stuff. Oh man!" And then you go, you know, then you realize halfway through the movie, it says, you know, like like July third or whatever, because the attack was on July second or something like that. And it's like you're like, "Oh man, I'm just emotionally exhausted." Then they need to answer that proposal answer that promise by doing something about it i think the first two first two seasons of law certainly um are about that proposal about that you know who are these people what are they doing what is this mystery and then season three is when they're working out that you need to start to answer this stuff and seasons four five and six are are giving those answers so certainly my recollection of the season as a whole was certainly important episodes but i think there also was maybe a little bit of fatigue where you're like all right here we are introducing a lighthouse another big thing with that we're supposed to hit pause and hopefully who's gonna what website's gonna have the high definition screen grab so we can have somebody write down all the different names that are there and correspond the numbers like I think there was a little bit of fatigue there that maybe wasn't the show's fault. You know, maybe you go back and rewatch at your own pace and it's just like, oh, yeah, this is great. Another mystery. Um, but that was kind of my recollection that it was just there was a little bit of fatigue on my end where it was just like not that you had stopped caring, but it was just a little bit of fatigue where it's like, all right, this has been a good run. Let's 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 wrap her up here. I Again, I would agree. Um, not on the level of season five for me, only because, you know, we, we knew how everything in season five had to go. Um, you know, the, the flash sideways really opened things up and, you know, the alternate universe idea, which again, fringe was dealing with, you know, um, simultaneously, um, you know, so you're, you're talking about a production company that really had cornered the market in a type of storytelling. Mm. 
Well, I know for my part, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into getting into season six again. These, as I've said on the podcast before, we definitely are are knee deep at a point here where these are for the most part episodes that I've only seen once. Uh, I've seen Abiturno multiple times, uh, across the sea multiple times. Um, I've only seen the finale once, which is something really? I know I said a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I just kind of felt it was so. For me, it was so emotionally complete that I kind of, you know, I just kind of wanted to leave the finale at the end there and, and basically, you know, just kind of let let lost, um, you know, kind of uh, let let the field go go unused for a season, um, and then, yeah, I, I I don't know. It was just that 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 was definitely my definitely my feeling, and then you know. Then the podcast came along, and here we are now. <laughs> I've probably seen the finale at least twenty times. Wow! Yeah. Wow. Well, just to go back for a second to the top of the season when uh, LAX aired February second, two thousand ten. I just want to throw a clip at you, sure, because um, uh, I initially couldn't remember was this f- season five or season six. Sure enough, it was season six. Uh, this is a quote, and then I'm sure. You probably have a memory of of this. You can fill in our listeners who might might not know it, or perhaps were from the uh, from the international audience. But here's a quote from uh, then White House Press Secretary Robert Gibbs, who said, "quote I don't foresee a scenario in which millions of people who hope to finally get some conclusion on Lost are preempted by the president." Close quote. Pete, do you do you know to what he was referring? That would be the State of the Union address. <laughs> yes. The State of the Union address was considered to be delivered that night. Uh, it, it was it and another date. And why did the President of the United States choose not to address Congress and the nation that evening to tell us where where the world was up to, where the economy was up to, where our hopes and dreams and safety and security and whatnot? Why was it why was it not delivered on that particular night, Pete? The will of the people. <laughs> That's what you know. What? That's an excellent spin to put on it. it that was democracy in action there, because there were twelve point oh nine people who needed to tune in live, and another probably uh, I don't know five or six million who needed to tune in in the next week on DVR, iTunes, etc. Because they needed them, they're lost. And there was a straight line from February second to May twenty third, Sunday, May twenty third, and. Uh, Nobody wanted old Barry uh, interrupting that. So, I don't know. I kind of I, I know there's some other quotes that I'll get into for the for the podcast for 601, but uh, I think that's pretty cool that uh, for one night, for one night, lost derailed the leader of the free world. Free world. I think it's it's seriously indicative of its place in pop culture, just as a. Um, Certainly a related tangent. Um, 2020 ran um, a TV special um, last night, um, you know, about top five dramas, top five this, top five that. And there was quite a bit of shilling for um, ABC on there. You know, they they play certain things. But I was a little let down that, you know, not even a mention of of Lost. um, Oh. Particularly bringing, you know, putting – 24 in the top cop and lawyer lawyer shows of all time, you know, seemed a stretch. Um, 
but I was just remarking to my wife, like, uh, yeah, hey, uh, I, I think Lost kind of belonged up there. And preempting a State of the Union, um, that would kind of cement its thing. Um, they also called MASH a comedy, which I completely disagree with. But Well, yeah. vie. Not to turn this into the all other shows but lost podcast. Um, yeah, I mean the Mash DVDs you can get now. Uh, you can choose to have the soundtrack, the uh, laugh track on or off, mm-hmm. and it's a much better show without the laugh track because some of those jokes aren't you know dun dun dun. Some of them are like you sit and go like you know they're jokes about the awfulness of life and people are dying all around you and they're kind of laughing in the face of 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 evil in front of them and it doesn't you know require a laugh track it requires you to sit and go like huh yeah sometimes life is pretty rough well i didn't know until you know and again we will not spend too much on this but i didn't know until i watched this that um you know the laugh track was very much against the uh producers um suggestions and they did win the fight that there was no laugh track in any surgical scenes (laughs) <laughs> which I, I think certainly sets it apart. But, um, you know, and, and there's a finale too that, you know, um, I would put the end on the level of, of the mass finale. And I know that um, in, in some corners it's made that list. Well, show what, that is, you know, the most watched finale of, of all time. What are some other episodes from season six that really uh, stand out to you? You mentioned The Lighthouse. Um, that's one I have very uh, vivid um, memories of um, LAX certainly and you know correct me if I'm wrong um, I want to say we got both hours right at the start um, yes for both seasons five and season six. Oh, let's see season yes season five because you left and the lie both aired yeah. the same night um technically to um you know two separate episodes well not technically literally two separate episodes aired the same night whereas here uh lax is a two-hour episode now i'm actually wondering what uh if netflix calls it part one and part two which i should know since i watched uh started watching it a couple hours ago but yeah uh, lax uh a two-hour episode and uh yeah on netflix it's lax part one and lax part two Sundown is good. Um, very different narratively from, you know, much of what the show did. You've got those really, um, you know, interesting, um, I don't want to say bookends, but, um, you know, standalone stories, if you will, of Abiturno and um, Across the Sea. Um, but that... Um, that stretch from, you know, they're, they're the 13th through the 18th episodes of the season. And you can really take out across the sea because again, you know, nothing is done in the, in the current time frame of the show in that mm. the last recruit, the candidate, what they died for and the end, you know, the narrative progression there, I think is, is very, very strong. And, um, the ratings certainly reflect it. They were peaking, at that time and you know very very strong um ratings for their finale i know that uh as these episodes were coming out some people were irked that 
you know, given that in the month of May, there were one, two, three, four, five episodes, and the fifth episode being over an hour long, I refer to at the end part two. Um, so you're going to get these five hours in five episodes in May. And I remember at the time, some people were irked that Across the Sea um, took up, you know, like, like didn't continue the island, the, you know, the present day island story. For me, it was just like, at this point, you're so close to the end. And you're also, you get an episode, you know, the, the, uh, what they died for airs on a Wednesday. The end airs the following Sunday. You know, you're going to get a bunch, you know, two episodes in 10 days. Um, after Across the Sea, it was just like, you know what? You're this close to the end. You want to spend an entire episode to do a flashback? Okay. Like, because that's where it fits in. Because you've said, hey, we've done 117 episodes in a row. And there's actually one 45-minute story that we need to tell you right away before we set up the finale then do the finale it's just like you know what go for it go for it i do think they waited a little long to tell that story but coming on the heels of the candidate where you know we have you know at the time when we watched it the perceived deaths of saeed son and Jin, and um the pilot um frank lapidus frank lapidus thank you um, and, you know, later, of course, he turns up to be alive quite, you know, uh, astonishingly, um, you know, you needed a break after that. I remember, you know, again, watching that show and my wife who does not, uh, watch it, you know, you know, would always check in, Hey, how, how was it? You know, that kind of thing. And be like, Holy moly, you know, they just, they just killed four characters. Yeah. You know? Um, so I, I think it was a welcome. They, they picked a great spot to put that in <laughs> well you know i'm uh, the memory of the candidate was you know of course how how sad and earned the death of sun and Jin, uh the deaths were at least in the moment you know they gave it they gave it time and also you know i've been developing this theme on the podcast you know that uh, Sun and Jin keep getting separated by water. At least they have pre- uh, previously twice. And here this third time, they're not separated by water and, and they and they die as a result. Or, you know, both die as a result. But that felt earned. But you kind of sit and go, oh, you know what? They've, they've come 117 episodes. I wish they could have been there for the finale. Because at the time, you don't you know understand the nature of the Flash Sideways story. Then, and, and that is the same episode that Saeed dies, right? Yes. So, like, as Saeed is suddenly blown apart, you're just kind of like, oh, and they just killed somebody else. Like, it felt it felt hollow, and it felt like it wasn't particularly, I don't want to say not well written, uh, although co-writer Elizabeth Sarnoff certainly has uh, other authorial uh, blood on her hands, but that's a different story <laughs> and a different podcast. But it, it kind of felt like they just killed off three characters that we care about, and at least Sun and Jin we cared about their ending site. It was just like, and he ran into the fire, you know, metaphorically, he ran into the fire to save everybody. And it's like, okay, I guess that works, but hasn't he always done his duty? I mean, it was, he was working for the wrong guy back in, uh, in the uh, Republican guard, but somebody told him go torture because it's for the, the group for the country. He, he would do it. Like it kind of didn't quite fit. And then you have across the sea where that's not addressed at all. And then you get to these final three episodes where it's like, oh, wait a minute. These people are still in the show because there's this whole weird other story going on. And then in the end, it slowly starts, you know, it starts to come together. Boom, 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 where everybody's still in the show. 
Right. So I rather like the candidate. Anything else uh, from season six uh, uh, jump out at you? I'm sure we'll uh, I'm sure we'll we'll definitely talk again between now and the finale. So if you have any kind of tear filled, you know, tears running down your cheek, you know, I, I know I, I have I have that version of my version of that story to tell mm-hmm. in uh, in some well to tell this summer uh, right. as the podcast concludes. But so if you have stories like that, I suppose you could hold off. But uh, anything else for? Four seasons. The, the music, um, you know, crescendos wonderfully in this final season. Um, you know, they released first um, a season six soundtrack, and then there was a special edition because so much of the last four episodes had been left off of that soundtrack. Um, and they released a two disc, you know, the last episodes soundtrack um, that you know, again, I think only enhances the operatic uh, nature of the the final act there. And, um, you know, I I think, well, time already has told, there's there's nothing like it on TV now. Um, You know, some of the other things we've, we've podcast about, um, you know, pretending and all that. Um, But, you know, the music just so enhanced uh, this show. And, you know, no wonder that G. Kino has, you know, found great success in films. Um, you know, the, the show was really kind of holding him back um, at a time when, you know, he was continuing to get more film work. And, um, you know, as I mean, let's call it honestly right now, he is the heir apparent should John Williams not be able to go to take up the mantle of the most famous music and all of film with the upcoming star Wars sequels. Um, you know, he's, he's earned it. Definitely. And I'm just kind of looking at the dates here. Cause I know he, his first movie was, uh, the Incredibles in 2004. Yeah. So he kind of didn't, he didn't quite, um, I mean, then does sky high in 2005. I mean, point being there's, a movie here, a movie there, um, basically until um, uh, until until probably 2009. Looking at it, I mean 2008, mm-hmm. 2009 is when it really starts to uh, really starts to pick up. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you and I will definitely do will definitely do a music episode. I know that there was. Uh, there was an entire podcast dedicated to the music of, of Lost. I believe it was called Keys to Lost, um, which, I, which I listened to a whole bunch. It was quite good. So, we'll <laughs> obviously, we won't be ripping off uh, that. But, you know, certainly between now and uh, between now and uh, August 15th, you know, we'll, maybe we'll do a music, uh, music only episode. But um, it uh, yeah, I mean, his his uh, his contributions to the show are uh, are mighty indeed. And Pete, so have your contributions been today? And uh, are there? Uh, I did just receive uh, a little little whisper in my ear from the uh, the powers that be. Uh, what have you been doing online lately? Well, you know, some of us have larger ships in a bottle than others, Matt. Uh, <laughs> but recently, uh, with Arrested Development season four on the horizon, and we still don't have a firm date. Um, in May for when the 14 
fourth season episodes will uh, bow on Netflix. Um, but I worked out the math, uh, much inspired by yourself. And with 53 days to May, I have started and I finished the second episode this morning. Uh, I am going to rewatch one episode a day of Arrested Development leading up to May 1st. Wow. Um, and I am going to uh, tweet during my rewatch. I have already um, watched these before. Um, within the last two years, I watched um, the, the final two uh, seasons. I know you've not finished the show. Um, but one episode a day leading up to May 1. And, um, you know, a lot of times we have uh, crossover in our audience. So anybody that is potentially interested in that, um, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. And uh, you'll see me every day. I'm going to vary the times, of course. Um, but uh, take in those 22 uh, minutes through a variety of uh, platforms. I actually watched it on my Wii U this morning on the um, on the little uh, gamepad that's, uh, you know, much like a handheld device. Ah. I've watched it on my laptop. I'll be watching the next couple of days um, uh, on, the, uh, on the iPhone and tweeting about it simultaneously. That's going to be interesting. Um, so if the timing doesn't quite line up, that's because I'm pausing intermittently and composing my thoughts and then, uh, tweeting that out. But, um, certainly those who are interested are more than welcome to, uh, check in. So what you're saying is that there's money in the banana stand? There's money in the banana stand. No touching, no touching. <laughs> well, Pete, this has been a delight having you on yet again. And, uh, as I, uh, as I alluded to earlier, I'm sure that we will talk a number of times between now and uh, uh, whether it's the finale, whether it's the conclusion of the podcast in the summer, uh, to, uh, to discuss some more things lost. Anytime, man. Alrighty, and I will just uh, remind everybody that uh, I will be back next week with uh, 601 LAX Part 1. And uh, with that, we'll be chipping away at, uh, at Season 6. So thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for joining Pete. And I will say bye-bye. Bye-bye.